It's Talk Medicine with Rob Bennett and Dr. Singh on WBRN. Talk Medicine is brought to you by Metron of Big Rapids. Caring for people, one person at a time. And we're back with segment two of Talk Medicine with Dr. Rashmi Juneja from Michigan Primary Care Partners in Big Rapids, michiganprimarycarepartners.com. I'm Rob Bennett. This is News Radio WBRN, sponsored by Metron of Big Rapids, caring for people one person at a time. Today we're uh, talking about addiction uh, as an umbrella comment, but right now we want to talk about some of the different substances that people can become addicted to. So we'll just go over uh, in a snapshot manner of uh, what are the different chemicals that people use and why do they use them. So one of the most common chemicals are anabolic steroids, uh, which are used by athletes and bodybuilders. And they get so used to having all the steroid in their system and working out and lifting weights that that is also a sort of addiction. Uh, the next, the next uh, class of medication would be club drugs. So club drugs are GHB, uh, uh, ketamine, and uh, Rofol. So these, uh, some of them don't have any taste. They don't have any odor. And, um, uh, you know, they can be used in different setups where people are drinking or have food. Uh, so just something to caution the young people about. There's also ketamine that is used, which sort of disassociates you from your environment and things can happen to you that you would not normally let happen to you. Uh, the next uh, drug would be cocaine. So cocaine causes euphoria by binding to the dopamine sites. It leads to a buildup of dopamine and then floods the brain with this chemical. It increases the blood pressure, increases the heart rate, increases the temperature. It can cause vasospasms and cause an acute uh, heart attack because of uh, vasoconstriction of the blood vessels of the heart. Uh, the other drugs would be hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic which are PCP, LSD, uh, Paytone, uh, which is also called cactus, and psilocybin, which is also called mushroom. Uh, the next medication or substance that is being used more and more commonly is marijuana. <clears throat> marijuana alters brain function as it mimics anadamide, which is a chemical that is found in our brain. Uh, the active chemical is THC, which acts on the cannabinoid receptors in the endocannabinoid system in the brain. It influences pleasure, memory, and thinking, causing the high. Uh, unfortunately, in most studies that have been done, it shows that it affects brain development, especially thinking and memory, and it does reduce the brain connectivity between the neurons. Uh, in a large study that was sponsored by NIDA, or National Institute of Drug Abuse, it also showed uh, that once the marijuana was stopped, the cognitive abilities were not fully restored, even after prolonged periods of time. And unfortunately, 9% of all new users become addicts. And hmm. that is something to really think uh, before a young person goes on the pathway of marijuana. The other drug that I would like to talk about is heroin. It is an opioid drug synthesized from morphine. Uh, in 2011, 4.2 million people were addicted. 
sorry, 4.3 million people used heroin. Out of them, 25% became addicted. And unfortunately, heroin can be used in any form. You can inject it, you can inhale it, it can be snorted or it can be smoked. It enters the brain and is converted to morphine, which binds to the opioid receptors, causing a euphoria and rush, followed by a, what is called a nod, which is a wakeful, drowsy state. It works on three receptors in our brain. Um, and the reinforcing properties are brought about by activation of the mesolimbic dopamine system. Uh, and unfortunately, this gives the patient a high which they are always trying to replicate, even though in subsequent use of heroin, they never reach that high, but they are still trying to get there. Hmm. Wow. And the, the, the thing is, I mean, when, you, when you talk about all these different all these different drugs and everything and heroin you said there's like i don't know five or six different ways that you can use it yes see i always thought it was just with a needle and that's no. why i always said you know because you'd see it on old movies and things like that and that's what they would do you know they were always trying to hide it and you know shoot it between their toes or whatever yeah. but there i didn't know that there was all those ways yes you can inject inhale snort or smoke and it's the same feeling that you get from any of those? You get the same high? I don't think that has been studied. Oh, I would okay. say it is about the same because things are very rapidly absorbed by the mucosa. So if you are inhaling it or snorting it through the nasal mucosa, the drug is absorbed almost as quickly as it would if you were giving it in your IV. Mm -hmm. I think the smoke may be the... Uh, longest way to get the high but it's just as bad for you on any of the yes. ways that you're using it there's yes. no better way you shouldn't no. use that at all no there's no better way and now when you're talking about uh heroin i mean how do you how do you i mean heroin is is now it's it's a it's a drug you hear about pretty much every day it's it's on the news there's heroin you know, first it was, it was, you were hearing about meth labs and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And now it seems like you're hearing about heroin. Heroin is the drug. Is it, is it inexpensive? What, what is the allure? I think it is highly addictive. And uh, the patients, when they use it initially, they get a high and they feel really good because it activates so many pathways in the brain. And they're always trying to get to that high, even though they don't get to the initial highs in subsequent usage, but they use it more and more because they're trying to reach that point of feeling high. Mm -hmm. what, why do... And I'm I'm sure I probably know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Why do athletes, you know, because you would think that athletes, especially top-notch, high-performance athletes that get caught with drugs, uh, you know, mm -hmm. why do they, why do they end up using them? I mean, you would think that the athletic thing is going to set off the endorphins for them, but they just are pushing themselves or. Or, or they think the drugs will enhance that? I think it might be an escape from the reality because uh, professional athletes live a very stressful life. They have to constantly compete, constantly perform. And I think that may be pushing them into doing this to get the 
pleasure pathways of their brain satisfied. Mm -hmm. Instead of just the serotonin and epinephrine, they are getting dopamine and other chemicals that help them mm -hmm. feel good. Yeah. And now marijuana, if we want to talk about marijuana, that seems to be something that is, I don't know, it, it just seems like it's available pretty much anywhere. Yes. Is that you can, you can get it and that's probably one of the problems in making it so readily accessible. Yes, that is a problem. And uh, I feel marijuana has some medical role, uh, but I think it's being used way out of context for its medical benefits. Mm -hmm. uh, especially in young patients, uh, I would like to say that please look at the website NIDA. It is National Institute of Drug Abuse, NIDA.gov. They have excellent information but marijuana usage blunts the connections of the neurons in our brain. And even when it's stopped, the brain doesn't really go back to its normal function. And it is very important to understand what patients are using for themselves. Uh, as physicians, our practice has, uh, has not gotten into prescribing any kind of medical marijuana, but any prescriber who is prescribing medical marijuana or patients who are using it, please review the facts at the website by run by our government called nida.gov uh, before you use marijuana. Now, pretty much for medical marijuana, what are the things that medical marijuana, I know glaucoma is one of the yep. things, is that is that the only thing or are there a couple of different things that you can prescribe that for? No, there are certain forms of seizure for where marijuana is used, especially in the state of Colorado. I don't think it is used in Michigan for that. Uh, the marijuana is also used for weight loss for patients who are unable to gain weight. There is a pill also called Dranibol and that helps with weight gain. Uh, so in cancer patients or patients who have HIV, that has a role there too. So it helps patients feel better, eat a little bit more and gain some weight. And I think that is a useful medication for those particular patients. But in our young folks who are using it for different reasons, it is a, it's sort of a disastrous medication. And that's where the word abuse comes in, yes. right? Because yes. if you listen to your doctor and take them the way you're supposed to, then everything should be fine. Even with, you were mentioning, uh, I think it was the last segment, you mentioned steroids, or maybe mm -hmm. earlier in this one, mm -hmm. you were talking about steroids. And even if you prescribe steroids, I know you have to kind of wean off of them, right? Yes, because it it suppresses your adrenal gland and it can cause a shutdown of that whole adrenal system. Uh, so steroids, even though I know a lot of athletes use anabolic steroids, they should really be used with caution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, baseball players, uh, you, like you said, it seems like that they're they're pushed and pushed and pushed to to do their best, you know, to get the numbers up there. Mm -hmm. That nobody wants to nobody wants to see them just play a game of catch. You know, they want to see the home runs being hit, and they want them, you know, jacking them out of the park and stuff like that. So they feel pressure to do that when these million dollar contracts and then that's why these guys are around the locker room who have steroids i guess yes. I mean, that's that's the whole reason yes there's there's just a lot of money involved in this equation there's a lot of pressure on the athletes and i think that drives them towards this mm -hmm. some of them may not even want to do it but they are 
put in that spot where they are forced to do it. Right. Man, I'm telling you. And what other uh, what other drugs do we have that we're mentioning here? There are other drugs called K2 spice, MDMA, methamphetamine, prescription drugs, cold medicines, uh, salvia. Uh, there's also glue, uh, sniffing which is something new that has started where children are uh, sniffing markers and shoe polishes and different things like that. Now, is that, does that go along with, is is it the same thing as huffing or whatever that, that's what Mm -hmm. they call that? I I just can't believe this. I, I never, I mean, like if I went and bought some bleach to wash my clothes so that they're whiter, I wouldn't ever think of, well, I think I'll try drinking this or ingesting this somehow so that I can get a feeling of euphoric. I just don't get that. It's hard to understand. So there are many underlying issues, maybe personality disorders or depression or bipolar disorder, and sometimes they're trying to treat something else by using these chemicals. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, now that part I understand. If people are, are having trouble, but that's where the doctor comes in, and that's where you should see your, your doctor and yes. get on a program or get into a program if you need to. And I know the third segment will talk a little bit more sure. about that and what is available. But mm-hmm. if I'm just saying that if anybody does have a problem or feel you have a problem with the uh, dependency or addiction or whatever, mm-hmm. get get in touch with somebody. Your family doctor would be the first step, I would think. Yes, absolutely. You know, that's a physician who knows you. They've been part of your life. And just talk about it. There's no um, no stigma with it. It is a problem just like diabetes or hypertension. So talk to your provider, you know, mm-hmm. get through it. Uh, don't You don't have to suffer alone for something like this. And now, unfortunately, uh, all this abuse is there as well as there is prescription drug, drug abuse. So I would like to just give out some numbers. In 2010, 16 million Americans use prescription drugs for non-medical reasons. So that is a lot of usage of prescription drugs that were not intended for that particular reason. Right. Uh, so if you are, if you have children or other people in your house and you are given a prescription, uh, please keep it safely. It is your responsibility to take care of your medication and not let it get into somebody's hand. Uh, there has also been noted recently a much larger increase in the use of fentanyl uh, in hospitalizations uh, for narcotic medication overuse. So even though it is a patch, it can still be abused. And that's a great tip that you just gave. Yeah. I mean, if you have these medications in your house and yeah. you're they're prescribed for you, and you mm-hmm. e- before you notice that they're dwindling a little bit quicker than yeah. than you have been taking them, you know, keep them like act like it's a loaded pistol or yep. something. Keep it in a locked box if you can, away from uh, yep. you know anybody else that can get you know to it, because that's a scary thing. And then yeah. once they're addicted, then they're yep. then it's then it's really tough mm-hmm. to fight it. And a lot of times it is family members that you know 
various peoples are acquiring their prescription medication because from. So grandma, grandpas who are not aware, who are not paying attention. So easily accessible yeah. too for them. So it's in your bathroom, you know, behind the mirror. So keep everything under lock and key. It is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. You owe it to your family and friends to do that. Yeah. If you have prescription opioids. Before things get out of hand. And uh, wow, that's, that is a really, really good point. This is Talk Medicine, and we are talking with Dr. Rashmi Juneja from Michigan Primary Care Partners in Big Rapids, michiganprimarycarepartners.com. I'm Rob Bennett, and this is News Radio WBRN, sponsored by Metron of Big Rapids, caring for people one person at a time. Bennett and Dr. Singh on WBRN.